The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, do, you know, it's really a, a wonderful thing to talk about because it isn't talked about very often. We're going to talk about how we can guide adult children of divorce. And I know, Lloyd, you were a child of divorce when you're after your parents were married 30 years and, you know, you were just... 30 years yourself. So you have gone through this and people forget about that. And there's a wonderful book that I was just reading called Home Will Never Be the Same Again, A Guide for Adult Children of Gray Divorce. And this is by two friends of mine who I just honor so much. They're wonderful professionals, Carol R. Hughes and Bruce R. Friedenberg. And actually, Carol was on our show many years ago, and Bruce was on just recently last year. And they also have a foreword in the book by by Bill Uretti, who is also a very good friend of mine who wrote the foreword to my newest book. So uh, this is kind of a familial thing, but these people are great professionals. I have the opportunity to see them once a month at meetings, and I just am thrilled with this new book because it is something that has not been addressed. And I have so many clients right now where their children are in their 20s and 30s, and one of them was even in their 40s. So this is really um, very timely. Let me tell you a little bit about each of my guests today. First of all, Carol Hughes holds her doctorate degree in clinical psychology, achieving both summa cum laude and Phi Beta Kappa honors, smart lady. She's also a two-time Fuller Fulbright Scholar, and she was the co-founder of Collaborative Divorce Solutions of Orange County, which is an interdisciplinary practice group of divorce professionals dedicate, dedicated to really a peaceful divorce. And in her practice in Laguna Hills, California, as a licensed uh, marriage and family therapist and a family-focused divorce professional, which, by the way, she's been doing for 30 years. She assists hundreds of divorcing families as a therapist. And you can find out more about her as Dr. Carol Hughes. That's D-R, carolhughes.com. Also with us is Bruce R. Friedenberg, and he is a uh, uh, a wonderful guy who also has his degrees. He's an MS and LMFT. He's co-author of the book, Home Will Never Be the Same Again. And he helps families uh, solve painful problems that they're struggling with. 
in you know on and he's done so on his own he is a California licensed marriage and family therapist he's board certified in clinical hypnosis and he serves families as a therapist, divorce coach, child specialist, mediator, and co-parenting specialist. And you can find out about him at orangecountydivorcecoach.com. So I'm so thrilled to have you join us this morning, Carol and Bruce. Thank you. Thanks, Mari, for having us. So, yes, Mari, you're one of the easiest hosts I've ever been interviewed by. So it's great <laughs> to be back. Yeah, well, it's fun because I know you both and love you both and honor all of your professionalism. So it's always a treat for me. So, Carol, let me let me start with you. What inspired you guys to write this book? Well, Mari, um, about almost four years ago, it was four years ago, a New York Times um, reporter was doing a piece on its children who were adults when their parents divorced. And she found some articles online that I had written about this population. So she asked me if uh, she could interview me, and of course I said yes. And uh, when that happened, uh, as soon as it was published, I had calls and emails from all over the country, parents, adult children, therapists, saying, I'm so glad someone's talking about this. Um, So that let me know it was bigger than I thought that it was. And then a few months later, a literary agent from Maryland reached out to me, one of the big literary companies, and asked if I would write a book about it. Mm. I had not intended to write a book, but when something comes to me like that, I've learned to always say yes. So I said, of course. And then Bruce and I have been friends and colleagues for years, so I asked him if he wanted to co-author it with me, and he said yes. We want to give the voices of these children validation, these adult children, so that they don't feel alone, ignored, invisible, which uh, at least half of them, the research shows, a little bit of research that there is, that they feel this way. Exactly. That's the story. Yeah. So, Bruce, how did you feel about that when she came to you with that idea? Well, Carol and I have been friends for, for decades now, and I was you know, glad that she had asked me. We've talked about writing books together forever, and we've got in our computers, we have partial books written. <laughs> but I didn't <laughs> expect it would be on this topic, but when you know, I was aware of it, and when I said yes, this was four years ago, I had no idea that it was going to be a four-year journey yeah. of research <laughs> and writing and rewriting and editing and rewriting and editing again and more research. And finally, you know, four years later, here we are. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really glad. I, I, people tell us it's really a good book. So I'm, you know, we, are, we criticize our own stuff more than other people. But um, so far, everybody said it's really good. So I'm feeling proud of it. Yeah, exactly. And what a wonderful collaboration as well. And I, I like the male-female, you know, yin-yang. That's how my last book I wrote with the therapist. And we had that. And it took it took us over two years, which we also thought it was going to be this little e-book, which turned out to be a lot bigger than an e-book. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it gets a life of its own. But, I, you know, I think it's wonderful. And like I said, I think it's real helpful and uh, I'm going to have Lloyd read it because he, he's one of those children of a, you know, gray divorce. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, Carol, what, what is a, a gray divorce for my audience? Well, a uh, gray divorce uh, refers to parents who are 45 
50 years old plus uh, who are divorcing. And the term came from Bowling Green State University, who the people there in the research area were researching uh, the U.S. Census uh, statistics. And they found that between 1990 and 2015, the divorce rate between, uh, among people in that age group had doubled. And then they, they started analyzing it, and they've predicted that it will triple by 2030. They also found from the U.S. Census that the age group 65 plus during that same time frame, 1990 to 2015, was already tripling. Yes. You know, I remember I had a couple that were married. They were in their 70s, mm-hmm. and they came to me. And um, and wife had come out of the closet in the 70s and while they were in their 70s and husband was heartbroken and one, one of their nieces was, one of their nephews actually was a good friend of mine who was an attorney and asked me to mediate it because the whole family was just devastated devastated by all the things that went on. So we were able to mediate it, but it it was almost like a mediation with the entire family because everybody was so heartbroken and husband was really, really heartbroken to be, you know, going through this at that age. And and then then I had another couple, they were in their 80s. And I thought, why would you get divorced in your 80s? And I remember saying to them, you know, you're well, you know, I, you're equally responsible for the challenges in your marriage. And the wife said, he's 90% responsible. <laughs> well, you can't correct it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I went, oh, my God. You know, because it was just, again, it was, here they were in their 80s, and their children were in their 50s, and their children were heartbroken. So, yes, mm-hmm. you still experience this happening so you're right yeah Mm -hmm. yes we've worked with adult children that old as well yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so um why are more people divorcing later in life bruce well there's actually a a number of reasons and and uh, just to give you an idea of the size of this uh, it's it's larger now but the most recent statistics were that over 300,000 couples in the United States alone, which would come out to over 600,000 individuals are experiencing this. And that that demographic, the boomers and Generation Xers, uh, typically have one to two children um, in their marriage. So that's another, um, you know, 300 to 600,000 adult children. So somewhere between 900,000 and 1.2 million people enter this experience every year. And the, some of the reasons are that when people get married when they're young, uh, sometimes early on they discover that they really don't have the same goals and aspirations in life. And, and other times they discover it later on when they're, they're drifting apart. But they've got kids or they've got careers and they're, they're focusing on that. And so they, they just make it work during that time and don't really, you know, do anything about what's not working in the marriage because they're already occupied, but then the kids are gone. And so then people may not be living, you know, too many years longer, but we're healthy longer. And so people in their 
fifties and sixties and seventies are, you know, they're, they're feeling like they've got a lot of energy and they can go around and they're looking at maybe another decade, couple, three to four decades of life. And they don't want to just tolerate each other. And as women have uh, gained more economic uh, independence, especially since the second wave of uh, feminism in the seventies, as women uh, broke into more careers, they don't stay in marriages just because they have to for the, the uh, support anymore. And in this demographic, most of the initiation of the divorce is done by women. Mm. So when you put all that together, plus people want more out of marriage than they used to. They, it's not just a, a practical arrangement. People want happiness. And, and so if it's not going to happen in the marriage and they're looking at 10, 20, 30, 40 years ahead, um, more and more women are just deciding, I want more, and they're willing to to leave because divorce uh, was more common for that generation when they were growing up. So it doesn't have the taboo that it used to. Right. And I would think now that, you know, with COVID and so many people shuttered up, they, they were stuck together. You know, they, you know, it isn't like husband can, you know, go out golfing and go play basketball and the wife can go to all of her whatever, you know, her meetups and stuff that she does. And so they're together. And if they don't know how to communicate, and they don't know how to get along, then it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, everybody says we're going to either have huge baby boomer boomer times or lots of new babies, or we're going to have lots and lots of divorces when all of this is really, you know, moved on. So what do you think about that, Carol? Well, actually, uh, in our field, people are talking about if we look at China and Italy, uh, you know, their their rates went down, as most people know, for a while. And when that happened, their divorce rates surged. Yeah. If we look at them as those models for us, that will you know, likely happen in the United States and probably other industrialized countries, too. I wanted to add, Mari, that this is a phenomenon that is not unique to the United States. It's happening in Canada, where they call the gray divorce the diamond divorces. It's happening in the United Kingdom, where they call it the silver splitters. And in Japan, they call it retired husband syndrome. Hmm. I'm sure they have other names in the other industrialized countries, too. We didn't find that, but it is happening in the industrialized countries of the world. Wow. So why do you think, so? you know, um, you know, in the courts and other places that we just either dismiss or overlook the fact of the gray divorce on, on the adult children? Why do you think that is, Bruce? Um, well, you mentioned one factor is most people in the United States are, when they think of divorce, they think of litigation <clears throat> if they, you know, don't try and do it themselves. And the legal system, as the attorneys have explained it to me, um, says they're adults, that the, they don't really have any stake, they don't have any say in the divorce. <clears throat> and so then they'll maybe say something like, the kids are going to be fine, you don't have to worry about that. And that's very enticing for parents. <clears throat> Who doesn't want to believe their kids are going to be fine? And they're usually, the uh, divorcing parents are overcome with their own emotions and often can barely manage those, let alone notice what's happening with their adult children. And then the culture in general takes uh, a lot of times we hear from adult children, people will say things like, well, you're lucky they didn't get divorced when you were a kid, you know, so mm. not that big a deal now. And they start to feel like there's something wrong with them 
for feeling as upset as they are. But if you really think of it, for them, it's the loss of the only family they've ever known. Mm -hmm. And it's like oxygen. I'll often ask people, what's the most important thing in your life? And I tell them you're going to get it wrong. And they'll always (laughs) say things like my children or my family or if they're religious, they'll mention a religious uh, person or, you know, icon. And I'll say, no, it's, it's oxygen. And if you don't believe me, stick your head underwater for two minutes and you won't even think of anything but the next breath. You right. don't even know your kids' names. Well, when parents divorce, if, you, if that's been your only life for your entire life and you're 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, it's shocking. And it's like the death of something. And so people mm. are into shock and grieving and all the nevers that are going to happen, we're never going to get together as a family again. Mm. They uh, tell us things. The word surreal comes up a lot. Like It just feels surreal. Mm. Or I can't stop crying, and, mm. and, I, and I feel like there's something wrong with me. And my parents almost divorced when I was uh, about 30. My mother had confided into me that she was thinking of divorcing my dad, but she hadn't worked it out yet and didn't want me to tell anybody. And I was already in graduate school and I was married and I had a life of my own and I was been independent for years. And yet when she told me that, I was surprised how um, bad I felt about it and how um, confused. And I'd often thought they should divorce because they fought so much. So when this topic came up, I realized I could resonate. I could understand how people feel that way. And they don't expect to be feeling as bad as they are. Right. I wanted to add uh, one thing to what Bruce was saying. Uh, We've talked a lot about, you know, this is the only family they've ever known. But, of course, we know the divorce rate in the United States is about 50% for first marriages. It's higher than that for second and higher than that for third marriages. Mm. So this isn't just about the people who've been married 30 or 40 years, 30 or 40 years, their adult children. Sometimes you can imagine if you start doing the math how complicated right. a, a gray divorce can be with their maybe a second or third ex-spouse, their stepchildren, step-grandchildren, right. extended families. It can get very complicated, and we do talk about that in the book, too. Yeah, yeah. And what if, what if one of them needs some financial help, and, you know, who's going to pay for that? And how are you going to do it? Maybe you don't even like that. that. If you've got that many people in your family, you might be angry at them and, Right. Or how are you going to do Thanksgiving and all the other holidays that, right. or weddings? And who's going to get who's going to get angry and make it hard for everybody? Right, all these blended families later. Like mm-hmm. my my ex, you know. Luckily, you know, I was married twice. So my husband now I've been with Lloyd now for thirty years, and um, you know my kids love him and they get along. But my ex has been married four times, and so they've had to go through lots of different stepmoms that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's been really rough for them on that, mm-hmm. you know, and they're now in their 30s. So, you know, I, I, I know that they have been through this many times in different ways. So, yeah. Carol, um, what are some of the unique challenges that adult children contend with that, you know, that you don't see with the younger children? Well, uh, Bruce alluded to sometimes the younger adult children might be still financially dependent. Uh, or, or at least getting help financially from their parents. They might be off in college, beginning their career, getting some kind of vocational training, already working on their own. And certainly with the uh, economy the way it's been, you know, to, uh, 2008, and now younger people are struggling. 
Uh, some of these younger adult children, 18 and up, could be thinking that, gosh, I've got to drop out of college, I've got to drop out of my training, whatever it is. And sometimes, as we know, divorce is very financially draining on the parents. Sometimes they get depressed, can't work. Uh, and so then the adult children start to feel that they might need to help their parents financially. Mm. And then the ones, Bruce alluded to this too, the the middle generations of adult children, you know, 30s, 40s, they've got their own children often, their career, their profession, and then their older parents, we refer to them as the sandwich generation uh, because they're sandwiched between their own families and then their family of origin with their parents. Often the parents, one or both, is so distraught about the divorce, they, they start to rely on the adult children as a confidant, a counselor, even a dating buddy sometimes, mm-hmm. and uh, calling them at work or whatever. It can be very disruptive. And so that's another challenge for the adult children that minor children don't have. Sometimes the older minor children, like teenagers, the parents will lean on them too much, but we really see it with adult children. And then... Um, I just lost my train. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then all the uh, graduation celebrations, Bruce mentioned this too, uh, how sometimes that falls on the adult children to organize or worry about. You know, what am I going to, how am I going to be in charge of all this? Mom's mad at dad, vice versa. My sister, the aunt, you know, as you were talking about earlier, my, so that's another uh, issue that the minor children don't have to deal with. And lastly, the, some of the adult children, you know that saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, some adult children start looking at their own relationships, right. uh, marriages, whatever, and say, gosh, am I going to be like mom or dad at this time in life, you know, who blows the family apart, have an affair, maybe my spouse deserves someone better than me, you know, so that's another issue that often comes up that we see. Yeah, we had I had one, a couple that, you know, we just finished the divorce recently, and then husband had um, a heart attack. And then the children, the adult children, were kind of upset with the mother because she had moved on and she wasn't taking care of him. And then the kids had to take care of him. Right. So that was another issue of, you know, the health mm-hmm. issue of having to deal yeah. with a, a, a sick parent. And, and they're, you know, they were really mad that she had divorced him and and then this is now that all the burden is on them so you know all sorts of things end up like that Mm so it's it's really rough so let's let's talk about some solutions so bruce what can older divorcing parents do to help their their adult children really cope with all this craziness The first step to solving a problem is to recognize that it exists. So the first thing for the older parents is to recognize and understand that their adult children are experiencing a lot of disruption over this. And then the second thing is that research shows that just listening to somebody, really listening, being there for them, letting them feel heard, that that can help people heal. So those two things uh, go a long way to um, helping the adult children um, at least be able to adjust to their own feelings and not feel like there's something wrong with them. And then one of the things I advise everybody, whether it's a great divorce or or any divorce, but it's to not um, badmouth the other parent to the child, even if it's an adult child. 
because it's still going to be their other parent for their whole life. It's their other parent. And families, as you know, Mario, you've been doing divorce work for years. <laughs> There's a tendency to choose upsides, and it usually goes along the family of origin, you know. From, right. Uh, the, if somebody hurts your brother or sister's feelings, then you don't like them anymore. It doesn't matter. So, you know, they're going to they're gonna feel that their sibling, most of the time, they're going to be empathetic towards their own sibling. And if they start to draw the adult children into the bash your other parents um, conversations, that can be really stressful for them. So both parents should carry the message to their own siblings and even their own parents not to... I'll, you know, encourage the kids to pick a side and to let them avoid that and to and really insist that they not badmouth their other parent when the child's around, even an adult child. Because that's, you know, sometimes words are so harsh, it's really hard to ever repair that damage. Yeah. So, Carol, I want to give some tips on the other side. I know that you have tips that you're going to make available, and and you can talk about that. So maybe talk about that and then just give us a few, because we've got about um, two or three minutes left. So I want to make sure that you let people know how they can get your tips and then maybe give us two or three. Sure. So we put together a tip sheet for your listeners, a free tip sheet. Uh, uh, tips for the adult children and tips for the parents of how they can uh, help each other during this time. And they can email uh, us at the name of the book, Home Will Never Be the Same Again at gmail.com. And we will be happy to email those tips and some other good uh, advice to your listeners. And the adult children need to practice uh, having good boundaries we mentioned earlier about the parents relying too much on their adult children, and it's okay to set boundaries. Uh, as Bruce said, his mom told him to keep a secret that she was thinking about divorce. If that happens to the adult children, they can say, you know, I love both of you, and I want to have a relationship with both of you, so I'm not willing to be put in that position. Right. Um, and you stop them as they're trying to badmouth the parent, as we were just saying. Um, as Bruce was saying, and learning effective communication skills. If you don't already have them, work with someone, a professional, a clergy. There are a lot of online classes uh, about that. And it's okay, adult children, to start setting your own traditions, uh, holidays, birthday celebrations, and invite your parents, you know, because it's it's your family now that you are having these celebrations. And hopefully your parents will be willing to look at even though they're divorcing, that staying family-focused is what's healthiest for everybody because family's forever, even if the mom and dad are not going to be married anymore. Family is forever. And they should really, you know, consider if, if they're in our neighborhood in Orange County, they should definitely consider util- utilizing your services if for either one of you to help you to get through that because it is a time where they need some real counseling to, to kind of get through this shock and also to just pick up your book. I'm going to say the name of your book again, and then it's time to go home. will never be the same again, a guide for adult children of gray divorce. And we've been talking with Carol Hughes and Bruce Friedenberg. Great 
great people, wonderful professionals, fabulous book. So it is time to go, but I want to thank both of you for coming on. And just real quickly, each of you give your websites. My website is dr, as in Dr. Carol Hughes.com. And Bruce, please. I can be found at orangecountydivorcecoach.com or the membership profiles on Collaborative Divorce Solutions of Orange County. Well, you guys are both wonderful with your wonderful book, and thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom, not all of it, but sharing some wisdom with my audience. So we will talk again soon, okay? Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Mari. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. You guys.